So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations, being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ireland. And this, the 28th of April, it's Divine Mercy Sunday, the second Sunday of Easter. Our programme is broadcast on Sacred Space at West Limit 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday and is available for playback and download on comeandseeinspirations.buzzsprout.com. If you go to the buzzsprout.com website, you can search us by Come and See Inspirations and find us there. Or actually on our blog, which is sacredspace102.blogspot.com. Help me to produce the programme this morning. Um, first of all, am I right here? I welcome into the studio again Lorraine Buckley. Good morning to you, Lorraine. Good morning, John. Good morning, listeners. Thank you very much, Dave, for joining us. And of course, my dear lady wife, Anne. Good morning to you, Anne. How are you? Good morning, John. Fine, thank you. Good morning, listeners. Thank you very much, Neil, for joining us. And in part two of the programme, just in case I forget, just to remind listeners, we have a wonderful lady to join us, Claire Devaney uh, from Dublin, who is very much involved with Catholic school retreats. So stay with us in part two, as Claire will share some of her experiences with us. So as usual, our programme today will include Saints for the Week, Notices, and of course we'll read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel. We'll also try and bring some information, actually just in a second or two, on Divine Mercy um, devotions which will be taking place uh, close to us here in West Limming. But if you want to contact us at all, you can do so by texting 87 That's 87 Or you can email us, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. So Shane can't join us again this week. Uh, it's great to have Lorraine uh, to fill us in with some saints for the week. And you've been working hard because all the sheets of paper you've got there mm-hmm. are not of them. But anyway, where would you like to start? I am a poor substitute for our dear Shane, I can tell you, John. <laughs> so our saints for the week, we have quite a few saints this week. Um, because, of course, last week we had the um, octave of Easter. So we didn't really go into our saints. But this week we're starting Monday, the 29th of April with St. Catherine of Siena, Doctor of the Church. St. Catherine was born during the outbreak of the plague in Siena in Italy on the 25th of March, 1347. She was the 25th child born to her mother. 25 children, John. 25 children. 25th. Although half of her brothers and sisters did not survive childhood, as was common during that time. Catherine herself was a twin, but her sister did not survive infancy. At the age of 16, Catherine's sister, Bonaventura, died, leaving her husband as a widower. And Catherine's parents proposed that he marry Catherine as a replacement. But Catherine opposed this. She began fasting and cut her hair in order to mar her appearance. Her parents attempted to resist this move. But they were unsuccessful. Her fasting and her devotion to her family convinced them to relent and allow her to live as she pleased. Catherine once explained that she regarded her father as a representation of Jesus and her mother as Our Lady and her brothers as the apostles, which helped her to serve them with humility. Despite Catherine's religious nature, she didn't choose to enter a convent. She instead joined the Third Order of St. Dominic, which allowed her to associate with a religious society while living at home. Fellow Dominican sisters taught St. Catherine how to read, and in the meantime she lived quietly isolated within her family home. She developed a habit of giving things away and she continually gave away her family's food and clothing to people in need, never asking their permission mind to do these things. Something changed within her when she was 21, however. She described an experience in which she referred to as her mystical marriage to Christ. 
In her vision, she was told to re-enter public life and to help the poor and the sick. So she did that immediately. She often visited hospitals and homes where the poor and sick were founded. She was, of course, drawn further into the world as she worked. And eventually she began to travel, travel, calling for the reform of the church and for people to confess to love God totally. She gave became involved in politics and was key in working to keep city-states loyal to the Pope. She also is credited with helping to start a crusade to the Holy Land and on one occasion she visited a condemned political prisoner and was credited with saving his soul, which she saw taken up to heaven at the moment of his death. She petitioned for peace and was instrumental in persuading the Pope in Avignon to return to Rome. She's also uh, credited with establishing a monastery for women outside of Siena. But by 1380, at the age of 33 years, she had become ill, possibly because of her habit of extreme fasting. Um, Her feast day is the 29th of April and she is the patroness against fire illness. She's the patron of the United States, of Italy, uh, against miscarriages. She's the patron of those people ridiculed for their faith, uh, the patron against sexual temptation, and she's, of course, the patron of nurses, too, because of her work with the sick and the poor. Tuesday, the 30th of April, we have another Dominican. We have St. Pius V, Pope. Uh, he was one of the foremost leaders of the Catholic Reformation, born Antonio Ghislieri in Bosco in Italy to a poor family. He laboured as a shepherd until the age of 14 and then joined the Dominicans, being ordained in 1528. Called Brother Michel, he studied at Bologna and Genoa and then taught theology and philosophy for 16 years before holding the post of Master of Novices and Prior for several different Dominican houses. So he became Pope. He published the Roman Catechism, the Revised Roman Breviary and the Roman Missal. And he also declared Thomas Aquinas a doctor of the church and commanded a new edition of the works of St. Thomas Aquinas. On Wednesday, the 1st of May, we have a beautiful feast day. We have the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. This commemoration was instituted by Pope Pius XII in 1955 and it proposes the example and intercession of Joseph as a worker and a provider. On this date, many countries celebrate the dignity and cause of human labour. And in 1955, at a time when communism was becoming strong in Italian political life, Pope Pius XII introduced the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker into the liturgical calendar. So our next saint then is uh, Thursday the 2nd of May, St. Athanasius, which is, he was a bishop and doctor of the church. He's seen in the West as defender of orthodox doctrine about Jesus and the Trinity. Athanasius is valued in the East more for his ascetic and mystical writings. He was a friend of the hermit St. Anthony of and of St. Pacomius, who first organised monks to live in common. Athanasius was himself exiled four times but died peacefully at Alexandria at the age of 77 in the year 373. Now on Friday we have two great apostles. We have St. Philip and St. James, St. James the Less. He's the author of the first Catholic epistle, the first letter. He was the son of Alphaeus of Cleophas and his mother Mary was either a sister or a close relative of the Blessed Virgin. And for that reason, according to Jewish custom, he is sometimes called the brother of the Lord. We also celebrate the feast of St. Philip, who was born in Bethsaida in Galilee. He may have been a disciple of John the Baptist and is mentioned as one of the apostles in the lists of Matthew, Mark and Luke 
and also in the Acts of the Apostles. Aside from the list, he is mentioned only in John in the New Testament. He was called by Jesus himself and brought Nathaniel to Christ. Philip was present at the miracle of the loaves and fishes. And just before the Passion, Jesus answered Philip's query to show them the Father, but no further mention of Philip is made in the New Testament beyond his listing among the apostles awaiting the Holy Spirit in the upper room. According to tradition, he preached in Greece and was crucified upside down under the Emperor Domitian. On Saturday, the 4th of May, we have an Irish saint, St. Conleth, who is the patron saint of Newbridge in County Kildare. We don't know where Conleth was born or who his parents were, but we do know from the life of Bridget that he was a skilled metal worker in gold and silver who lived as a hermit at Old Connell on the Liffey near Newbridge. He had the reputation of being a very holy man with a gift of prophecy and is also said to have been the sculpture of the crozier of St. Finbar of Termonbury County, Roscommon. Of course, it is the start of the month, so we have the Pope's intentions, the Pope's intentions for May. Um, evangelization that the Church in Africa, through the commitment of its members, may be the seed of unity among her peoples and a sign of hope for this continent. Thank you so much for that, Lorraine. Now, just before we pray the spiritual communion prayer, Lorraine, I think there's just one notice there in regard to divine mercy devotions. Exactly. Now, divine mercy devotions, they are taking place in Abbey Field um, from 2.30 onwards, which will include the Novena Prayers Rosary Exposition of the Blessed Sacrament and concludes with Mass. I believe they're also being held in uh, the Redemptress in Limerick, and I'm sure they're being held in many other parishes around Limerick and further afield. What we would say to you, though, is take full advantage because on Sunday, this Sunday, you can receive a plenary indulgence, the conditions of which are to receive confession within 20 days of today, before or after, Eucharistic communion, and we pray for the uh, Pope's intentions. Normally, it's the Our Father and Hail Mary, but it's it's up to people um, whatever prayers they want to use. And then on today, if possible, to in any church or chapel, in a spirit that is completely detached from the affectation of any sin, even venial sin. In other words, lads, this is really important for plenary indulgences, Mm -hmm. that if you want to have the benefit of the indulgence, you have to be fully committed to living a sinless life, insofar as is humanly possible. So Mm -hmm. that's what that means. Um, Take part in the prayers and devotions held in honour of the Divine Mercy. Now, if you can't get to a church in which those devotions are taking place, you can also, in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, whether it's exposed or reserved in the tabernacle, recite the Our Father and the Creed, adding a devout prayer to the merciful Lord Jesus. For example, merciful Jesus, I trust in you. Or even simpler, Jesus, I trust in you. I was just thinking there now, just of the quotation that St. Thomas used this morning. What did he say? My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. My and my God. No. The Lord, as Claire will tell us in the second part of the programme, mm-hmm. he's only mad to pour out his love and his grace and his mercy and chance after chance after chance to us. All we have to do is say yes to that grace. Just before we go for that part too, Anne's going to pray this prayer for all those who can't receive Jesus and Mass this morning. Thanks, Anne. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I now cannot receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. 
never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Noah. So now, uh, just before we do go for part two, uh, I'd just invite people just to sit back and relax and, and listen to what Claire is going to say because um, she's, she's certainly got some beautiful information for those, of, especially those of us who are parents and are worried about children's education, Catholic education and so on and so forth. But she has given us a little piece of music to play in the meantime to finish off this first part of the programme and this one is entitled Heroes Again and this is by Vigil Project. So let's do this.
welcome again to Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. As mentioned in part one of the programme, in the introduction of the programme, we've got a special guest joining us this morning. Um, all the way somewhere there in Dublin, Claire Devaney. Good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, John. How are you doing? We're good. Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, oh. Claire is actually a daughter of Don Devaney, who was on with us uh, a few weeks ago when we were chatting about the Divine Mercy Conference it was, but also, as well as that, he also gave us a lovely little reflection for Lent. So it's all his fault that you're joining us. Thanks, ah! thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot to Dad, anyway. I'll okay, back. Claire, <laughs> right, you were involved with um, Catholic school retreats. Yeah. Tell us about that, please. Yeah, so uh, I started working with Catholic school retreats in September. And really what Catholic School Retreats aims to do is to teach and to train others to work in children's ministry within different parishes and dioceses across the country. And we also run primary school retreats and secondary school retreats. So, yeah, we our aim is to bring kind of a fun element because I'm a firm believer that um, when you come in to bring the gospel to people, you really need to meet them where they're at. And so I always feel like fun is one of our basic human needs. So, um, our aim is to bring uh, an element of fun and kind of interweave it with the faith. And so the children and young people leave with a positive experience of their faith instead of being like, oh, it's boring or I'm tired or I want to go home. Um, they normally um, leave uplifted and excited and enthused about their faith. So that's kind of our aim within Catholic school retreats. How did you get involved with that yourself, um, Claire? So I'm a teacher by profession. Uh, Irish and religious education for my sins, secondary school. And um, I was teaching for a few years and I was offered a job as a primary school coordinator in an ecumenical kind of um, organization. So I worked as a primary school coordinator for two years. And then I was the candidate to the World Meeting of Families to oversee the children's arena for children's ministry. Yeah. Um, So I finished up both of those um, big projects. And I moved into Catholic school retreats. So it's kind of been a natural progression. And um, like it's been amazing working in the ecumenical sphere, but it's really nice to come back because there's certain elements of our faith. Like, you know, when you're working in the ecumenical sphere, you kind of have to meet on common ground. Mm, yeah. There's large parts of our story then missing, like the Eucharist or Mary or the sacraments. Um, but it was a wonderful experience working for them. But I'm excited now to be working with Catholic school retreats. Well done. Like, can you give us some idea, how does a, a Catholic school retreat work? Yeah, so usually a school or parish will get in contact with us. Um, we arrive on site, so we can take up to 120 students at a time. Um, depending on the, on the number of students, will really depend on the amount of staff that arrive on site. Um, the, school, the school or the parish choose the venue, and we, we normally run an um, the same hours as a school day so about nine to half two or so and we we break it up into three sessions and really focusing on the basic kerygma and so like in the morning time we we work or we look at God's love and then in 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 the middle session we look at starting a relationship with him through prayer and then the final session of the day um, can be focused on first holy communion or confirmation or or sometimes then with the secondary schools we have different workshops um, different workshops that we run and they kind of rotate amongst them like mental health and, and meditation and, and um, various other ones. So that's just a brief little snippet of what's, how we work. 
And what sort of reaction do you get from, say, the parents or even the pupils themselves and the children themselves? Like, it's funny. Um, we always send a feedback form out to schools and, and parents when we're working with them. And it's funny to see the response, the surprising response uh, from schools. Like, I think they're just surprised because, like, I don't work with the old jug and mug style of catechetics. Like, you know, like, I'm going to pour into the mug and you're just going to accept it. And that's the end. We really try and work with, um, work through play and the explorative methods so the the children and the young people are given a space to ask the great big questions and to explore and to think and to pray and to ask God and to really engage with their whole selves with the big questions and then they come to an answer that's I think more powerful than if I were just to tell them the answer mm-hmm. you know mm. um so so do you find the in- interaction pretty good I mean even with some of the secondary schools and good enough to Oh, like the the feedback has been phenomenal. And like we've been booked out this whole term, like almost every day. I think we have two or three days left in May and already we've started to book up for next year. So it's been amazing to watch how God has blessed it and how um, the work is blessing like young people across the country. We've been in Donegal and Cork, in, um, in Clare, in Limerick and we've been all over at this stage, I think. Um, but it's amazing to watch and to watch the feedback and response, you know? Well done. Do, yeah. do, do you also offer a training in, in parish and churches? And... We do. Like, I always say, like, a great leader will seek to put themselves out of business. And so, <laughs> like, my, my hope and aim is to pass on the skills and knowledge that I've received, especially really? working amongst some of the Protestant churches like they're very creative and really tend to people's human needs mm-hmm. that it's something definitely we can learn from in the Catholic church. So it's kind of to take what I've learned as a teacher and been working in the field for the last few years and to share it with parishes and, and young moms or dads who want to get involved in children's ministry in parishes and diocese. So yeah, absolutely. We run training days for children's ministry. And again, have you had pretty good reaction there from, from parish and churches and parents in that setting? Yeah, it's been fantastic. We actually just got um, our service agreement with the Dublin Diocese. So we are su- pretty excited to get that. It just, um, it just yeah, thanks. It's, it just, it just gives us that kind of transparency, you know, when people are inquiring and um, it's important to know who you're working with and who they are and what they teach. So uh, we were delighted to get that. And the Bishop's Conference was also pretty um, supportive of our work. So we're very excited about that. This is, um, um, this is a question really that all parents would love me to ask you. So I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Parents have this, uh, have this, um, this challenge they say as a passing on the faith to young people, their own, yeah. their own children. Any, any little ideas you'd like to pass on to them? Yeah, so... Um, the primary purpose is is to make sure that it's fun for them. And so you can teach through play, be it like I would use arts and crafts or sand or water or um, a variety of different things that you can find around the house. And even if you're to take a simple Bible story and see what little knickknacks you can pick up around the house to help tell the story. And so even if you don't read it, you read it yourself and seek to retell it kind of in your own words or in um child friendly way and then use the the physical 
like visual and kinesthetic things to learn. As it's funny, I was reading there at the Sunday's Gospel about Thomas and him needing to put his hand in Jesus' side. And mm-hmm. I think we often we often look down on Thomas. We're like, Thomas, like, why couldn't you just believe like the rest of them? But like, mm-hmm. he was ultimately a visual and kinesthetic learner. Like, Jesus knew he needed those things mm-hmm. to progress to the next stage. And so um, I would say try and make it as fun as possible. Like, I find Pinterest or there's a variety of different websites like flame i think it's called creative flame mm-hmm. i use a lot where you can get little um ideas of how to do like sunday ceremonies or like arts and crafts like bible related so um that's mm. that's my little top tip very good and thanks a lot for that we all, we all actually need that you're also involved so with equipping and educating parishes and schools to develop leaders so, so yeah. as, as you said early on, you know, you want you to really get yourself out of a job. The idea would be to pass on what you can yeah. to people within the parish so as they can carry on after you. Disciples, for want of a better word. Absolutely. Like, I think it's all about, like, even in, from today's gospel, Jesus says, like, I'm sending you out. Like, mm. like, he gives us the Holy Spirit and calls us to go outwards and to give what we have mm. um, because then it's in the giving we actually receive, you know? So, yeah, I seek to put myself out of business. That's the aim of the game. <laughs> well, That's the aim of the very, game. Well, well done, well done. And, oh. I, I mean, even just one, just one last one there, I, even parents themselves, you know, parents ourselves and grown-ups ourselves need to know some of this stuff as well. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean... We, most of us of our own, of my age anyway, really weren't, didn't have too much fun involved when we were maybe learning our catechism and so on and so forth. Um, you, you, but you would be really involved more or less with children rather than adults, but I'm sure that there's adults. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes um, like for example, I've been into schools where the school has asked us to speak to the parents first thing in the morning. So okay. we'll meet all the parents um of the children first thing in the morning for an hour then i meet with the kids for the rest of the day and then we meet with the staff at the very end of the day okay. so depending on on what the school would like um we also sometimes we do talks and different stuff in different parishes so really we're we're here to serve so it really depends on on the need of the parish and the school did you say we? So there's a number of you involved there, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's up to four of us can be out on a day's retreat at a time. So there's about 12 of us in total vetted and um, ready to go. And various different ones of us do different kind of retreats because we can't all be in one place at one time. OK, well, maybe some of our listeners who are listening either, yeah. in, either in Limerick or they might be listening to us um, in far out places through our, webs- mm-hmm. our, our blog. Maybe, yeah. maybe they'd like to contact you. So uh, how could they get to know a little bit more about what Claire Devan is involved with? Sure. So if you want to, our, our website is www.catholicschoolretreats.com mm-hmm. or you can email us at catholicschoolretreats at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram um, or Facebook or Twitter on the same Catholic School Retreats. Thank you so much for that. Now, just before we finish off our, our little chat, um, yeah. just a few more thoughts. I'd like it be, being the day that's in it, Divine Mercy Sunday. Any yeah. little thoughts on Divine Mercy you'd like to share with us or even with maybe some of the children who might be listening? Divine Mercy. Um, Divine Mercy. When I always think of Divine Mercy, I always think um, 
that God has given us this undeserved help. Um, mm. And even on reflecting on Lent, I felt like I flunked Lent a bit myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but God in his mercy, not not once, not twice, but a hundred times a day, he gives me another chance. And so God is always, to me, divine mercy means God is always ready to meet us with his love, um, to come back to him, to, to just say, hey, God, I messed up. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And so um, sometimes we can be afraid to do that or ashamed to do it. Um but really, he's just waiting, waiting to bless us and um, just waiting to love on us. So thank you so much indeed for the, for sharing that. Now, just one one little question before you go. Um, something else you're involved with, too. I, I found out this evening you're involved with work involving a soup kitchen. What's that all about? Yeah. So um, a few years ago, if I'm very honest with you, um, I had just gotten back from the States. And I was really struggling to reintegrate into um, society here. And I wasn't in a great place in myself. And my spiritual director at the time said, Claire, you need to go out and give. And like, if you saw the state I was in, you'd be like, you're in the last place to give. Like, you're not fit to give at all. But actually, something beautiful happened in it. Because even it was like me coming with an empty cup to give. Like, I felt like I had nothing to give. Um, but I started to get involved. He said, you need to give, Claire. So I got involved with this soup, the soup run in Dublin City. And it's been amazing just how actually, even though I'm going out to give soup and sandwiches, actually how the homeless people fill my cup up. And so there's just that something beautiful in the giving that actually you receive. Like these homeless men, how in my darkest moments, how they in turn built me up and um, brought me back to... A beautiful Claire. <laughs> beautiful so, um, Claire's I'm right. Gra- I'm grateful for that, you know. Thank you, yeah. so, thank you so much for sharing that, and thank you, so, you know, for leaving us with so many beautiful thoughts there. You know, right from the soup kitchen to divine mercy, and all the work you do. Just one, one more time again. Just the contact details, please, Claire. Yeah, so you can catch our website on www.catholicschoolretreats.com. Or you can email us at catholicschoolretreats at gmail.com. Or our even phone number is 085-194-0065. And you can get us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at Catholic School Retreats. Claire, thank you so much for that. Now, you might stay with us for our little gospel reflection this morning, please. I will indeed. Just before that, when you introduce a, a second piece of music, you've already had one piece of music you had us play at the start of the programme. What's the second little piece of music you'd like us to play? And the second piece of music is called Hosanna and by the Vigil Project in the States featuring Andrea Thomas. Any particular reason for this? Is it just because it's the season that's in it? Um, I just find the Vigil Project, really, their music just really moves me to a space of prayer yeah. and praying. So, so I hope it has the same impact. Beautiful. So let's listen to this Hosanna by Vigil Project. So let's hear this.
So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined in studio here by Anne and Lorraine. And of course, joined still on the Skype line by, um, by Claire Diwali. Thank you so much, Claire, for giving us such an inspirational rundown on what you're involved with there. Thank you so much for that. But, however, this is the most important part of the programme for us every week, is where we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. Before that, we ask Anne to pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. 
Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the truth in simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this order in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Anne. So that was this prayer before reading affected on Scripture. So at this part of the programme now, we'll invite Lorraine to read the Gospel for us for the second Sunday of Easter. Thanks, Lorraine. So today's Gospel is from chapter 20 of John's Gospel. It's verses 19 to 31. In the evening of that same day, the first day of the week, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them. He said to them, Peace be with you, and showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, and he said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. For those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. For those whose sins you retain, they are retained. Thomas, called the twin, who was one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. When the disciples said, We have seen the Lord, he answered, Unless I see the holes that the nails made in his hands, and can put my finger into the holes they made, And unless I can put my hand into his side, I refuse to believe. Eight days later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. The doors were closed, but Jesus came in and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he spoke to Thomas. Put your finger here. Look, here are my hands. Give me your hand. Put it into my side. Doubt no longer, but believe. Thomas replied, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, You believe because you can see me. Happier are those who have not seen and yet believe. There were many other signs that Jesus worked and the disciples saw, but they are not recorded in this book. These are recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing this, you may have life. Through his name. Thank you for that, Lorraine. So, Claire, would you like to offer us a few little thoughts on that gospel passage, please? Sure. So, um, I actually love this uh, gospel reading, uh, primarily because I really identify with Thomas. Um, it's funny, as I was reading it, I was just noticing that Jesus keeps, like, leaving. He keeps saying, peace be with you. And I was thinking, peace. I was like, in my hectic life, is there peace? Um And I was kind of thinking, well, in the areas that there isn't really peace, why is there not peace there? And is there anything I can do that's within my power to change that so that I can have peace there? 
Um, so I was kind of doing my own little inventory as I was reading it. Um, but as I read on, I noticed uh, the first thing that kind of hit me was that like Jesus is really vulnerable with his disciples, isn't he? He says to him, like, not only he shows them his body, but then he allows them to touch it. Um, he shows them his wounds, which is um, like you don't just show everyone your body and show everyone your wounds. And so I think it was a really privileged position of of intimacy with Jesus. Um, but like the purpose and even him sharing that is that um, that they would be able to replicate that down the road. Um, I'm just going to go back to the gospel here. He says he showed them his hands and his side and the disciples were filled with joy. Again, he leaves them peace be with you. He then goes on to say, um, you know, receive the Holy Spirit. And often sometimes when I'm running retreats, I think people think the Holy Spirit is obsolete. Like he doesn't have a job or like we're given him for no purpose. Um, but really the Holy Spirit isn't given to us kind of willy nilly. It's like the Holy Spirit is given to us with, with a purpose and for us to go out and to share what we've received. Um, and just moving on there to Thomas, dear Thomas, oh, I, <laughs> my heart goes out to him because like often I feel like Thomas, you know, um, you know, all the rest come back to him. And they say, hey, guess what? We got this great, exciting thing. We got to see the Lord. And he's just like, damn, I missed out like um and, and is struggling maybe he's jealous or maybe he has um FOMO <laughs> but um he really missed out on, on seeing Jesus but I can identify with him because like Jesus met Thomas in his need like Jesus didn't put Thomas down and say Thomas why can't you be like the rest of them he didn't do that to him he said Thomas he said come here he said, take your hands and put them into my side. And so like, like Thomas, I always think is like a visual and kinesthetic learner. Like he needed both of those things in order to take the next step to believe. And like for me, I just see Jesus's compassion in it. Like he could have put him down, uh, but he didn't. And even then in the next few lines, he says, you believe because you can see me, but happier those who have not seen and yet believe. I feel like there's an there's an ordinary levels course and then there's an honors course <laughs> and I'm often on an ordinary level course. So um, it's just nice to see that like even even if there's listening um, listeners out there like Thomas who need that sign from Jesus, who need to be shown by something physical in their life or by even by a feeling from God, then that's OK. That's OK to ask God for that um, because ultimately he wants to meet us where we are. And to bring us deeper into that relationship with him. It goes on to say, you know, there's many other signs that Jesus worked. I always think, Jesus, what are, what were those other signs? Were those other signs the same signs as I had in my day to day? Or um, what kind of other signs? Um, but Jesus goes on to say that these are recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that be believing you may have life through his name. And so the whole purpose of this encounter is that Thomas will ultimately have life to the full. And so I just think he's really gentle in it. Jesus is really gentle and compassionate to Thomas. Um, and he doesn't judge him. 
he just kind of says, all right, Thomas, this is what you need. The rest didn't need that. Or maybe, perhaps, we don't even know. Imagine if it was the other way around. Imagine if the disciples were the ones like Thomas who didn't get to see it. And Thomas was there. I wonder would those other disciples be doubting disciples too? Um, but either way, there's no judgment. God knows what we need and he wants us to meet us there. So I just in, invite any listeners out there today if you're like me and Thomas, who sometimes need a physical sign from God to know that he's real and present in your life, then today reach out and ask him for that sign and watch and see what happens. Um, because God will show up real when you're real with him. Claire, thank you so much for that. Beautiful. Lorraine, any of your thoughts to... It's a very similar thought, actually, to Claire's one. It's that where Jesus meets them in their need, because just as Jesus met Thomas by showing him the wounds and letting him touch him, he met the disciples in their need, too, because they were locked in the room with the door locked for fear of the Jews. Their mm-hmm. greatest need was for peace because they were so scared. And I totally get that. Mm-hmm. I really, really totally get that. And it just reminded me of a little quote by St. Teresa of Avila, and it's often used, but... It says, let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. Just linking it back again Mm. to what does God want to give us? What does Jesus want to give us? He wants us Mm. to give us an abundance of life. And that life is love and peace and joy and gentleness and Mm. just letting Jesus into those areas of our lives where we think, oh, I couldn't possibly let God look at this because it's too, too bad or too shameful Mm. or too Mm. whatever it Mm. might be. To Mm. let him in, to let him have that opportunity Mm. to spread light in those areas. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Nifa. For my own little thought there, um, Jesus showed his wounds to the disciples to convince them that although he was crucified on Good Friday, he's risen from the dead. So it's the same person. He showed them his wounds and he still had on his hands and his side. He shows all of us that the cross cannot be separated from the resurrection. And I think sometimes we, we, want, we, we tend to want to go through with Easter Sunday, but we don't want to go through Good Friday. And Mm. God's plan was that Jesus had to die and that Jesus was going to to resurrect himself from the dead. Um, We also need to remind ourselves that Jesus was crucified for our sins. And he, 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 he was resurrected from the dead so that we can be healed from those sins. That's why Jesus is with us all the time and I'd like to just share a little bit of um, a reflection here by Michael de Vertai. I, I, I like to quote him here in the programme just maybe to finish off this section this morning and he says Lord forgive us that we want to help those in need without sharing their pain we look for their resurrection but we don't want to see their wounds young people have been deeply hurt and we serve them with pious exhortations we become impatient with those who continue to mourn the death of a spouse or a child. We think we can restore a broken relationship by merely saying, we're sorry. We propose reconciliation between warring factions without acknowledging past wrongs. We pray for the peace in the world, but we don't really agonise over its terrible injustices. 
So we thank you for people like Thomas, who will not let us get away with easy solutions. They insist that we must see, we must see the holes that the nails have made in the hands of victims. We must put our fingers into those holes and our hands into the wounds that lances have made in their sides. And only then, and only then can we believe that they have within them the capacity to raise to new life. So that about brings us to the end of the programme this morning. A wonderful programme. Thank you very much indeed, Claire. Uh, thanks so much for having us. I'm afraid this won't be the first time, actually, you'll be on the programme. Uh. <laughs> wherever you are now, wherever you are now, we've got you on, on, on Skype and Twitter and all those little yokes that have out there. We'll Great. use with this. And thank you very much indeed. And again, just as we as we leave the programme, can you just repeat those contact details again for us, please? Sure, you can catch us on www.catholicschoolretreats.com or you can email us at catholicschoolretreats at gmail.com. Our number is 085-194-0065 and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Catholic School Retreats. The way you you say that, you got it all worked out. Thank you so much indeed for that, Claire. And uh, I believe now you're off, uh, because we recorded this actually midweek, you're off now to do your soup run, I believe. Is that right? I am, yeah. I'm on duty from half seven, so I got to fly. But it God was great you. to chat with you. Thanks, and thanks so much for having us. It won't be the next time. It, uh, it won't be the last time. God bless you now. Okay, great. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Oh, Bye. so, sorry. The last piece of music we've got. Um, again, it's by Vigil Project, and I believe it's um, In Need of a Saviour, I think it is. Yeah. Ideal. So... Yeah, so our final piece of music is by The Vigil Project, featuring Andrea Thomas, and it's called In Need of a Saviour. Until next week, thank you very much indeed, God bless you all. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye, bye.
says, come, O come, Emmanuel, come, O Lord, in our hearts to dwell. Let's cry out to God tonight from our hearts. Sacred Space.